Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What is AEW missing? I am Luke Owen, D-A-D. That is Chopper P. Quinnell. That is your Jam That Champion and Quizzlemania Champion, Tempest. Uh, we are the Blackpool Content Club, and this is the WrestleTalk Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this is your first time here, please do press that subscribe button and press that little thumbs up button as well, because it really helps us out in the little old algorithm. Um, and we are going to kick things off. Are you okay now, Pete? Yep. Just starting out my seat height. Just starting out your, yeah. your chair height. I, I need to. I need to be up a little bit because I'm very small. You see, <laughs> so I need to pump myself up as much as I can. I've never noticed. No, it's it's never been a thing. Not even at any any times <laughs> when I've had to stand <laughs> on things for for photos or anything. Mm. It's never been pointed out never that been. I am in fact short. Yeah, I yeah. love all the comments on that first uh, live reactions I did with both of y'all, mm. where people were just like. I didn't realize Tempest is so small. It's like, no, I'm just sat on the seat that he's doesn't just, go up. He's also just further away. It's a curved table. Yeah. <laughs> Those cows are small. <laughs> These cows are far away. Um, I mean, I'll be honest, like, I- I'm quite happy to sit here and talk about Pete's height, uh, yeah. Tempest's chair problems, because mm-hmm. he is sat on the uncomfortable steel folding chair. Yeah. Um, you know, and we could talk about AEW. Really, I just want to talk about Marvel Snap. Because <laughs> I saw this tweet. Yeah, oh god, you guys, I've, I'm accidentally I got hooked on it by accident. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've seen several people just be like, oh no, well, I'm down a rabbit hole. Uh, Keith Stewart, who I, I really respect, he did like a review of it and he was like, guys, this game is amazing. And I'm like, well, I really respect the, you know, the, the, the thoughts of, of mm. Mr. Stewart. So, and then I sort of, I don't really do a lot of mobile gaming. Mm. So, so I begrudgingly downloaded it and I was like, oh, well, I'll see what the fuss is all about here. And I did it for two reasons. Number one, Oh, I'll see what the fuss is about, and then I'll just realize it's rubbish, and I'll sit in my arms folded. B, uh, I needed some content for another podcast that I did because I nice. haven't played it. I, like in that podcast, I had to talk about games that I played, and I haven't played any games. So I was like, nice. well, I'll download Marvel Snap. And I didn't download it, and I didn't play it in time. But anyway, last night, my uh, my wife and mother in law were watching Escape to the Chateau. And I'm like, right, well, this is now my time to give this Marvel Snap thing mm. a go. And I haven't stopped playing it since. <laughs> I played like three games last night, and I was like, "Oh, that's actually quite. This is actually quite good. Actually good. That's actually pretty good." And then yeah. this morning, I was on the tube, and I was like, "Let's just play a couple more. Yeah. Let's play a couple more mm. games. Got nothing else to do on the tube." Exactly. So yeah. I played like ten games now, and I've lost one, and I'm like, mm. I, I want to keep playing it." Yeah. 
Is that what AEW is missing? <laughs> it's missing Marvel, missing Snap. Marvel Snap. It's missing, yeah. If they just released AEW Snap, yeah, then yeah, yeah. like we wouldn't be in the mess that we're in. <laughs> it's a great game, everyone. Um, I want to say sponsored. I want to say great game. It's it's okay. Yeah, perfectly it's, it's, fine. But it's a perfectly fine little card game. Yeah, I'd, I'd quite like a physical version of it. But we are here to talk about all elite wrestling because we are the channel of podcast shills for AEW. Yet That's the ma- right. But the majority of the videos that we have done as of late have been bit more on the negative side of AEW. And I think mm. actually, you know, we've talked about on previous content clubs how. You know, you can look at the the Ring of Honor purchase episode of Dynamite as sort of like the the, the genesis of Miguel the, the, Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. As, as you know, the sort of like the starting moment, the pivotal point where things have started to be a little bit not the great AEW highs we had of 2021, or even yeah. you know some of of 2020, like that amazing like 18 month run that they went on. It was just like this is the best weekly product that that's, that there has ever been. And I feel like, you know, we have been missing something. And I was, Ollie's review that he did of Dynamite this week, because I thought this week's Dynamite was actually pretty good. Like, I had a mm-hmm. pretty good time with it. I thought the, the trios match was a lot of fun. I thought the I, I thought the main events did have some some positives. I thought everyone's promos were, were real good. Um, you know, the in-ring action was very good. And I'm still excited for full gear mm. and i'm match- more excited now with the matches they've announced absolutely yeah i like i think that triple threat's going to be rad i mm-hmm. think that this the, the trios match is going to be awesome i'm really excited to see the elite back mm. but ollie made this point in his review um i don't know if he's gonna make it in the podcast review i'll imagine he will do we haven't recorded Probably. the podcast review yet uh where it feels like aew has just been waiting for full gear to be done mm-hmm. like the the after what happened at Brawl Out until now has just been treading water until we can get that done and then cool I've now got the elite back and I can start doing some of the storylines that I didn't get to do after Brawl Out because mm-hmm. my plans had to change yeah and it just yeah it really does feel like it's just a lot of people are just waiting for full gear to be over and then that's our new jumping off point mm. I think that coupled with we're still waiting on this Ring of Honor TV deal and I feel like those two things combined have just meant that AW feels like it's been missing something recently. I mean, Pete, what do you think? I mean, I, I completely agree. I think, yeah, it, the for a long time, I think people have thought that the vibe of AEW is off. And people couldn't really put their finger on why that is. It just didn't feel right. It didn't feel the same as it used to. And I think at this point in time, it, it, it is that. It is Tony Khan has had his plans forcibly changed not through necessarily much fault of his own, a uh, lot of stuff outside of his control uh, that has forced all of his plans that he had to change. And that, you know, that that is hard to deal with. To have to adapt like that on the fly is a difficult thing to do. And more often than not, you know, people like us or fans or whatever just be like, well, just do this. That's the solution. And it, very rarely is it that simple to just like, here's the new thing you should do. But I do think that this feels like, okay, we have another pay-per-view. And then after that, I can go back to what I wanted to do before. Instead of, this is something that me and you have spoken about on various SmackDown podcasts and stuff, of being, sometimes you can get into a hole of being too committed to one idea. I mean, like, this is what I want to do. So we're going to, doesn't matter whatever else happens, we're going to get back to, we're going to get back to this thing that I wanted to do. Sorry, just hit the microphone. Um, and even though we're continuing on the weekly TV and we're continuing to spin these wheels and stuff, 
we still want to get back to that point. Tony Khan in particular wants to get back to that point that he wanted to be after All Out. And it feels like this is almost like a bit more of a, not worthless TV, because there is still worth to the TV, but it feels like it's a bit superfluous, a bit superficial to just be like, yeah, 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 we'll just keep the weekly TV going until we can get back to this point again where I want to be, instead of going like, okay, let's take this and we'll go in a new direction. He's just gone, we're going to go in the same direction with a detour to get there first. Yeah. And, and that, that's that's the, the vibe that it feels like to me anyway on, on weekly shows. Hey, you. I think it's I think it's a bit of uh, a mix of everything that's been said so far, but in general, we were saying this in the office, if I had to use a word to describe the current product, it would be uninspired. Mm. Because I look at this and there are still things going on on TV that I think are quite good. I think that the Moxley MJF stuff has had a lot of very good moments. I think that MJF's character arc in general has been very good. I think that there have been plenty of good matches throughout this period from all out until now. I think that Soraya coming back maybe maybe not has hit the the nail on the head every single time, but it's at least interesting TV when it does happen. And there's a bunch of other things like the acclaimed are very popular, but at the same time None of the things that I've just listed, with maybe the exception a little bit here and there of the MJF stuff, really feels like the same way that AEW's booking was just so tight. Mm. It was so tightly woven into the show, like it was with the Hangman Page character arc and the team with Kenny Omega and then the FTR match and then the Young Bucks stuff and the whole arc that the Elite went on for like a year and a half there. That, to me, was my favorite part of All Elite Wrestling. Yes, I love seeing the great matches, but honestly, we live in an era now where you can see great matches wherever you want to look for them. If you want to see a great match, you can go on New Japan World or Stardom, or you can watch Indies, you can watch whatever you want. You'll see a four and a half star match. Impact! Watch Mm -hmm. a Mike Bailey match, please. There are great matches everywhere. So yes, that does greatly help my enjoyment of the weekly TV, but I need the threads that are tying all of these things together. And I don't feel like we've had as many of those threads this year. And there are still week to week storytelling moments and that sort of thing, but it's not the same feeling that I had watching this show when it was the elite story or when it was punk and MJF or whatever the case may be. There have been a number of very good storylines that they've told. Slow, a building story like Wardlow's turn on MJF. I think that was still handled very well until it wasn't. But that's not, again, their fault. I just think we're missing some of that. It feels like, okay, we're just going to book another promo segment. We're just going to book another one of these. It doesn't feel like there's a really creative idea for the individual storylines here. It's just kind of... Tony Storm will have a match. Jamie Hayter will have a match. Maybe they'll do a backstage promo. There's not that much to it a lot of the time. And I don't feel as connected to the stories Mm. as I had been. And it's just disappointing. It's superficial. Yeah, Yeah, superficial. Yes, it is a good word to kind of describe things. And I think it's... uh, My my kind of big feeling on this is that Tony clearly loves punk, Mm-hmm. Because he was building his entire promotion around Punk. Yeah. Like that was since he came in last September through to Brawl Out. 
he was building his promotion around him to the point when even when he was out injured it was like a okay well we've put the belt on moxley but you are just holding on to this title until punk comes back and then i'm putting the title back onto punk and then i'm going to do an mjf thing like he was he was there to keep the title warm effectively he did a great job with he did a great, he did job. A great job did a better with job than I, we all thought but that I, would be possible i think it's in spite of what he was handled I, I think it was, he wasn't given like a big world title program that he could then go off and feud with things. He was just on TV having good matches and just making the title stay relevant until Punk came back and then Punk gets the belt. Like I know Moxley squashed him, but it was just the next week a steel came out and was like, Punk, you should fight for the belt. And Punk was like, yeah, cool, I'll do that then. And it wasn't like the great follow-up that I thought they were going to do to the big squash match. And similarly to that, the Elite. He clearly loves the Bucks. He loves Omega. He had said, I'm not doing the trios championships until Kenny is back. And then Kenny came back and he's like, cool, well, I'm going to put the trios titles on these three guys because that's what I wanted to do with the trios titles. And the great example and sort of proof to my point, I guess, is that what have Death Triangle done with the belts? They've had good matches. They've had a hand, like, not even that many. They've mm. had, what, three title defense? I think this was their third title defense that they've done. Sure, they've all been great, but they haven't had the big story that mm -hmm. they've done. They've had like Packers use the hammer on um, the best friends, you know, to, to, to retain the titles. But, you know, that didn't play into the match that they had this week with Top Flight and AR Fox. Like they haven't had this thing to kind of like hook you in as an audience to make you think like, ah, that's why these guys are the trio's champions. They have just been a team holding the belts warm until Kenny came back and the Bucks came back and they'll just win them this weekend at, at full gear. I mean, that's kind of like my feeling is they're just going to win the belts back mm -hmm. because if they don't, then I don't know where you're going to go with the elite after this. But then I kind of look at the, the, uh, the you know, the landscape of things. I'm like, well, I don't know who they're going to feud with either, apart from perhaps, you know, maybe House of Black because they've got plans for them to come back. So I, I feel like AEW, like I've, and I've said this on a few AEW podcasts as well, I think the thing that they're really missing at the moment is that hook. Mm -hmm. That thing that makes you want to tune in the following week to see what's going on. It's funny you mention Hook because that that for me is another one of the the issues with AEW is during that time when we loved the program from week to week to week, it wasn't just that the Elite storyline is great or you have a Punk MJF feud or you have whatever that's that's really good at the top of the card. It was throughout the rest of the card as well. Even if it wasn't like the same caliber of story, it was like okay, we're building this guy for the future this guy's going to be a star and we're going to have fun stuff peppered throughout. We have a hook. We have the rise of, uh, you know, occasionally we'll get like, oh, there's hints of like, oh, we're building up Dante Martin for the oh, future. Super, That's yeah. cool. Oh, Ricky Starks. Uh, we're building up Ricky Starks for the future. We're building up Jungle Boy for the future. All these things, even though they're not in prominent uh, stories right now, they're all being built up for the future. This this is the, the future of the company is all here and it's enjoyable and you should get invested in these wrestlers because in a few years, they're going to be at the top of it. And then since then, a lot of them have kind of gone off the boil a little bit and even in like the big coming out stuff it's like okay ricky starks is no no longer done with team taz then he's off tv for a while and occasionally he'll wrestle and have like a, a win and he's like now he's in the aw championship eliminated tournament it's like okay um i thought we were doing more of like a progressive thing and then when he has his big okay he's not in team taz anymore he like he lost to powerhouse hobbs it's like that's good because we want to build up hobbs as well but like it just feels like a lot of the the groundwork they were doing for, to get you invested in the rest of the show, aside from the great stories, is now just being like, yeah, but we'll just we'll come back to that later. 
We'll come back to that later. Feels like a yeah. real problem that mm. AEW always has. It's why, it we, like, it's why we never got Lucha Brothers and Proud and Powerful. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, that's the, that's the prime example. But it, it always feels like we were going in a certain direction. And whether it be the grand stories with the Elite or Punk and MJF or whatever, there's always a direction that you know that the company is going in. And sometimes they'll occasionally zag when you expect them to zig. And you're like, oh, that's unexpected. I didn't see that coming. That's great. But even if it's more subtle directions and you say like, yeah, we've got the four pillars. We've got Jungle Boy, Dante Martin, all these guys that we're building up for the future. And then they just kind of veer away from that direction. You go, oh, I thought that's what, were we not doing that? Hook is, I think, another great example. It's like, this guy's a big deal. You should really care about him. Then he won the FCW championship. And you're like, now now what? I go back Now he's going to defend the belt against Daddy Magic. It's like, what? I go I go Why? back to when Hook debuted, you guys were doing the the, the Rampage Smackdown review and oh, you yeah. just had that thumbnail with Hook on it and it just says Hook. Hook. And you're just like Hook's debut was amazing. It's one of the the most watched Smackdown Rampage mm-hmm. review videos that we've had on the Rest Talk podcast. Yeah. Um because it was like a a hot thing at the time. It's a huge and, deal. And like Hook was like the hottest thing in that company world to the point where you even thought about like put the world title on him. Yeah. Like because you could do a you can you won't get another chance to have a guy like this again who's mm-hmm. got this hot this quick. Yeah. But like since then he's gone off the boil. And I think like Completely. Wardlow has massively yeah. gone mm-hmm. off the boil yeah. in the last They have few a direction months. and then they just go, ah. Yeah. Never mind. Again, we'll come back to that. Remember this Wardlow build-up thing. We'll come back to it later. We'll, we'll have him do some stuff with Jay Lethal or whatever, and we'll we'll come back to him later. It's like, well, no, you have to maintain that. You can't just like be like, we've done the groundwork, and we'll revisit that in three years because you have to maintain that level of progression. You know? And it also feels like because Tony then gets an idea in his head. He's like, oh yeah, the firm of the that's my new project. And so like, you know, no. we did our predictions video for full gear and like at no point did we really think like, oh yeah, no, it'll probably be like, I think I even joked, oh, I mean, it'll be Ethan Page because Tony loves the firm. But we were like, no, but there's so much more better options for us mm-hmm. to go with. Like Bandido is way hotter at the moment than Ethan Page is with the rest of the firm. But those are the guys that are getting the push at the moment. Like the ass boys are getting more TV time than FTR at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you mention the ass boys. So I've got a few thoughts on all of this going off of what this discussion has has been because I completely agree with the thought that they have not done a great job of capitalizing on somebody who is red hot. I think Hook is the mm-hmm. perfect example of that where I understand that he is still green. I understand mm. that he is still a rookie and everything. And you maybe don't want to put the world title on him. Maybe that's too big of an idea. But he is so good to the point that you have to capitalize on an organic reaction like that. And they didn't do that. Like, they they put him into a program with Danhausen, And I'm not saying that couldn't have worked and everything. But, like, I looked at Pete, like, a week or two ago and just went, whatever happened to Hookhausen? It yeah. just, like... It was at least something, and then actually, Hook, was very won, entertaining. Hook won the FTW title and just dropped off the face of the earth. And he, like, yep. he just kind of pops in every once in a while, has a match, and now he's just kind of another guy on the show. And I take this all back to how I was really feeling about the show last year. Like that really great run they had from like the return of fans up until about full gear. Where I was looking at it, and this is where I was really starting to galaxy brain like how AEW was being booked. In the sense that you have 
X amount of stars mixed with X amount of other stars to make your programs. And you got to kind of rotate all of those ones through with the TV time that you have. And some of them are going to be matches. Some of them are going to be promos. Some of them are going to be backstage bits. But all the time, the next thing that comes up was something that still held my attention. Mm-hmm. Whether it, And it didn't have to be the real big things. But you had the elite storyline on top. And then you go down another level and you had whatever CM Punk was doing, which then became his feud with Eddie Kingston, which was great. But you keep going down the the, the ladder there and you you still had at that point Christian Cage and Jurassic Express and their build and then feud with the elite. So you mix that in and that's interesting. But you go down another level and then you had like Dante Martin being being paired with Team Taz. And I really started to feel this is even before all that. Like all before the the Ring of Honor stuff and Cody leaving and all of the things that people really look at as like, oh, that was the catalyst for this downturn. I just remember them building up Dante Martin for this program or whatever it was going to be with Leo Rush. And then Team Taz took him away from Leo Rush. And then like a week later, he turned on Team Taz anyway. And I was like, okay, this is going to build to Dante Martin being this big star. And then nothing happened. Mm -hmm. And I understand that Darius Martin coming back and then getting hurt again probably put a bit of a, you know, dumped a pot of cold water on that. But at the same time, you were building up Dante Martin as a single star anyway. You could have done something with him there. And considering after that we got whatever we got with the TNT title earlier this year, I don't know why they couldn't have just given Dante a run and had him be elevated by all of that. Whereas, again, he was another guy who was starting to get over. He had that really great six-man tag match with him and the Seidel brothers against the Elite. And then everyone was like, yo, Dante Martin, he's a guy. You got to be watching him on TV every single week. I just feel like so much of the time, the things that we're watching now don't have as much of a purpose as they once did. Because I had a lot of faith for a long time that everything that we were seeing was building to something. Everything was being done for a reason. And I don't feel that way anymore watching the product. Because you will spend the entire summer just watching Jay Lethal wrestle dudes. And no one comes out of it having benefited. And I don't know if it's just having to do with like the the formation or the shape of the roster as it is right now. Or who they're putting as much focus onto as they were like a year ago or whatnot. But... Man, I don't know what it is. I think there's a bunch of factors to it. I think a lot of it is just like there, there's a lot of shine that's now missing off of a lot of guys people were excited to see. Mm-hmm. I don't think people are excited to like people aren't going to be invested and excited to see Andrade on TV anymore. They might not be excited and hopefully this will change, but they might not be as excited to see Malachi Black on TV as they were a year ago. And it just felt like, okay, now we've loaded up this roster. And then even at the bottom of that card, you've got Leo Rush working with Dante Martin. And that if that's the bottom of your card, that's amazing. That's an amazing bottom half of your roster. And now all of a sudden, it's like, now, well, now the bottom half of that roster is filled with the Ass Boys and Jay Lethal. And it's like they can have good matches, but I'm not invested anywhere close to where I was a year ago. And I, uh, it's just so much that I think was better a year ago some of which is on them some of which is just you know happenstance but it's a really tough thing to really narrow down to well they're missing one thing i think they're missing mm-hmm. a lot 
and it's a cold product now, as opposed to being a hot product that everyone was excited for last year. And I, think and I don't a, think that can be understated. A, a point that, that you brought up there, I think they have the goodwill that the fans had towards AEW has been chipped away through various bits and pieces. And it's like, oh, you've not done that thing that you wanted. Oh, you're going to continue to do this Sammy Guevara storyline and you're going to continue to push him as a face despite everyone not wanting him to be a face anymore. Oh, you're going to do the Timelo partnership. We don't like that either. No, you're still going to do it. Okay, that's fine. Oh, I mean, at have... least they did turn him the heel. They did then turn him heel and they continued to push him and did awful stuff that everyone, no one wanted to see. But not that the point. The title program. I oh, it, was, it was. It was. Not that was That's rough. one of the things from like early this year where it was like, oh, this is... Bad this is bad. TV. Yeah, I, I don't know what the opposite of muy bueno is, but it was that. Muy mal. Uh, <laughs> that's Spanish. Very uh, the the shining example to me of that is Daniel Garcia. Yeah, for right. God's sake. Oh man, they tell built, me about they it. They built up Garcia for ages and wanted you to buy into. He's a wrestler. He's in the sports entertainment faction, but he will turn on. This is what we're building to. Except we're not going to do that anymore. And it's like, oh, so this purpose that you've been building to for ages, that I'm invested in, you're now not doing for reasons. He was the main event of Dynamite. Him and uh, Thingio, Wheelie Yuta, for the Pure mm. Championship, was the yeah. main event yeah. of Dynamite. Yeah. And it, well, they, they gave it time. They gave it the big presentation when he won. And it's meant pretty much nothing Absolutely because nothing. a few weeks later there was like reset put him back in the jas yeah, and, and nothing's changed and it's jamie hater jamie hater split from Britt yeah. baker at the pay-per-view and it was like two weeks later nope now she's back with her again and that's the thing i they can do something that we were not expecting mm -hmm. if it's better than yes that. yeah absolutely if it's better than the thing you were seemingly building to mm -hmm. and they swerve us and subvert our expectations that's great it feels like the last six months of TV with the Blackpool Combat Club and the Jericho Appreciation Society have not mattered. No, because Daniel Garcia... Forward. And yeah, I think the Blackpool Combat Club, honestly, for as good as a lot of the stuff that they have done with it has been, I'm a little bit disappointed by it. I'm majorly disappointed because, by like, it. Because when, when they started, I made a point saying, like, by the end of their run, that's going to be my favorite faction of all time. That's yep. my prediction. It's got all the guys in it. Oh, it, yeah. It, it, they have every reason to be my favorite faction. And I thought they were really going to go. And again, this might have just been my expectation. But after those first promos from, from Danielson, I really thought they were going to go and like do a real recruitment. Mm -hmm. And like, no, in the first like two months, we'll go and we'll grab Wheeler Yuta. And we'll grab Lee Moriarty. And we'll grab Daniel Garcia. And then it's... Here's this buildup of this faction, and you see the development of each of these guys. And it just stopped at Wheeler Yuta. Yeah. And I thought that this was all going to pay off with Garcia joining. And then maybe we move on to the next one, and you still have all of the development going mm -hmm. on there. But, but it, but again, Garcia feels like a waste of time. Garcia and Yuta then go into the tag division as these two guys that are in the same dojo but don't yeah. quite see eye to eye on yeah. things. Yeah. You tell the story there. So, sorry, but I know you want to make no, your point, but I, I want to tell you, I, I mentioned the hook episode that you guys mm. did of uh, the Rampage and Smackdown. The Wheelie Yuta one. Do you know what was like one of the second most, <laughs> like the biggest ones we've ever done? Was the Wheelie Yuta episode with yeah. him and Moxley. Yeah. And like that was, because it. You, I think you just put like a star is made. Yeah. And it was, and it was a massively watched video that we did. And like, I looked to those as trends mm -hmm. to be like, okay, these are the things that fans are really invested in at the moment. And 
a good you know talk about things being off the boil soraya came in that mm -hmm. video was a massively watched video we did a few weeks later where soraya has announced that she's cleared to wrestle not a pit not a blip on what the first video did you know what i mean it's just like you can see audiences through and perhaps i am putting way more onto youtube viewership trends than than perhaps is you know uh the that is perhaps fair mm. but i could it's certainly data that i can go on and i can see data in things that are people are interested in and then that interest petering out yes small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Sorry, I was, you were going to make a point. I talked over. It's totally fine. Um, yeah, for for that point that you were saying about the the recruitment of uh, Blackpool Combat Club, because for me that was like. This is the next big story. Post-elite hangman, whatever. Mm -hmm. yes. The combat club is the next big long storyline we're gonna do. And it will be the first thing we're gonna do, we're gonna recruit Wheeler Utah. It's like, awesome. You did that and you did a fantastic job. You built a guy up, amazing. Then we're gonna go for Daniel Garcia. And it's like, right, that storyline's playing out now. Great. They're building up Garcia's gonna leave Jericho Appreciation Society. That's great, amazing. And then they didn't do that, and I was like, oh, 
this isn't the direction we're going. And I still liked a lot of the presentation of the comic club for for quite a while, probably longer than most. I still liked the, <laughs> st- I still really liked their presentation. Yeah, I was I would, still flying that flag for a while. Yeah, and I was like, it's, no, still, it's good. still good. Yeah, exactly. We're called the Blackpool Content Club for God's sake. Please be good. Um, yeah, and then it was just like, okay, there's still like a lot of meat to this faction yet because you see like the the pairings, but there's also other bits that don't quite see eye to eye yet. You know, when you have like. Danielson brought in Claudio, but then there was the beef between Claudio and Kingston, and then there was all these other factors oh, that like man. went in around it. And I'm like, there's so much meat to dive into here. I can't wait to see how this is all going to play out. And none of it happened. And then it's just completely gone off the boil. Like we, I've been mentioning to Tempest for ages. Like we barely see them together anymore. It is just like they're dudes with a logo. That that's it. And it's barely that. Like I I rationalized with myself because I was that guy as well that was still flying the flag for the con- for the combat club, being like, no, 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 it's still good. It's still yeah. really cool. It's still Claudio. It's still Danielson. Mm-hmm. It's still Moxley and Yuta and stuff. And I was like, no, no, they're not a, a faction. It's a dojo, and it's a, you know they don't always have to be in tag teams or like mm-hmm. you know as a, coming out as a faction to the other chaos or something. Yeah. yeah, but it hasn't really felt like that either. No, it doesn't no. feel like they're guys that are training together. Like there was only there was one point that i really liked and this is the sort of thing i think you can capitalize on they never did and it was the blackpool combat club versus best friends and wheelie Utah pins chucky with the seat belts mm-hmm. and it's orange cassidy just goes like chucky taught him that move and i was like oh that's the sort of thing that we should be looking at and then you've had moments when the combat club members have used other guys moves and it's like oh they're all learning from each other like I think someone else then used the seatbelt move because he learned it from Willie Utah, who mm-hmm. learned it from Chucky, and it's like that's what this should be, but it doesn't feel like that either. No. And it comes off the back of they've just been feuding with JAS forever. Oh my god, so long! And they did nothing with the ends to the War Games match that they did with Kingston and Claudio. That I'm like, how did you not follow up on this? And then what's happened with Kingston again? Absolutely the nothing. hottest guy in that company mm-hmm. took him right off the boil. Yeah. I'm glad he's getting his dream match on Rampage. I think he cut an amazing promo on this week's Dynamite. I'm glad he's getting that. But this is not what you should have been doing with Eddie Kingston following on from the Punk feud into the Jericho feud into and to, into nothing. Into nothing. Into absolute nothing. It, eliminated first by Ethan Page. Who's then just who's eliminated Kingston, who we all love, and he's then eliminated Bandito, who we're all really getting into. He puts no heel heat onto Ethan Page, just makes it go like, oh, why him? Mm. Like, why are we pushing this guy? And I've which, got nothing against which Ethan Page because I like Ethan Page. Ethan Page is great. Ethan Page is awesome. Yeah, but he's pre- he's stuck with the firm. Yeah, like, like this bunch of fucking idiots that are just like these losers, and it's like, but they're being presented this main event group, and it's it's not working. No, and it's just you. Every time we're talking about this, and you mentioned a guy, I'd forgotten about like Dante Martin. Mm-hmm. Like Wardlow's another one. And then these guys that at one point were like getting mega reactions. The only team to give AEW some credit, so we're not just completely, you know, being negative Nancy's here. The only one I can give credit, the acclaimed. Mm-hmm. The acclaimed is a group that got massively hot, and TK was like, well, I'm going with those guys. Yeah. Granted, FTR were also massively hot at the time. Yeah. <laughs> But he was like, no, I can. There's something to do with the acclaimed here, mm. and I can see that being a great match at All Out, and then it'll be an even bigger match when we get to Grand Slam in their home turf, and that's where they win the tag belts. Mm-hmm. Like that is wonderful foresight there from Tony Khan. But that's the only example I can really give them, unless Hater wins the belt this weekend. Mm. Which I really think she should do because me and Tempest took the best on the prediction show. Tony Storm is getting booed out of that building because that pay per view crowd will be solely behind 
um, uh, Jamie Hayter, I also think it's going to happen with the Britt Baker match. I think the crowd are going to be massively behind Baker and very anti-Soraya. Mm. And that is actually all down to the booking that they've done for that feud. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. They've really positioned Soraya as like this outside invading force. And Britt it's... Baker's the heart and soul and of AEW. Baker did this promo on Dynamo. She's like, she's the outside invading force. And they're saying that people in AEW aren't stars and she is. And I'm like, what is this feud? Yeah. Like, what is going <laughs> Who's on? Who's the heel? What, who is the... Because it was Britt Baker. Yeah. But I feel like it is now Soraya. I yeah. think she is the baddie here. Yeah. Oh, it's... Yeah. It's really frustrating. I'd even, funnily enough, I'd forgotten about Eddie Kingston. For <laughs> God's sake, He's guys. another one. Absolutely. Do you remember after that Jericho feud, after the, the match particularly at Revolution, people were like, cool, Eddie Kingston's challenge for the AW World title. Oh, yeah. He should win the title at Grand Slam. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why is my god how far removed we are from that? Absolutely Jesus. we are. And like and and I'm not even saying that you have to do lots of long-term stories. You don't have to. And the best example I can give of this, my feud of the year last mm-hmm. year was Punk and Kingston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a two-week feud. They had a they had a stare down on Rampage when Kingston interrupted Punk's promo time. They had a segment the following week, and then they had a pay-per-view match. That's it. That's mm-hmm. all they did. And I was like, feud of the year. It's like, it was my favorite feud of last it was year. so good. I absolutely loved it. And they had then an eight-minute match at Paul Gill. I was like, match of the year. Yeah. Like, it, was, it, was, it was so good. It was legit. I was like, that's my match of the year. Because yeah. it was, and I watched back the clips when Kingston just drops that back fist on him mm. right at the start. And Punk goes down like a sack of potatoes. And Kingston laughs yeah. his head off. It's so great. Yeah. And then I'm watching... AEW at the moment and I'm watching Kingston on TV and my note last week was like why isn't he on TV more Yeah. why isn't this guy on TV more what has happened to, to the Kingston thing and I wonder if it's Santana leaving and Tony Khan had his direction that he wanted to go Maybe, and Santana yeah. left and he's like well now I don't know what to do Yeah. And I like, don't know what to do I don't know what to do yeah. because I, the elite went and he's like well now I don't know what to do so I just put the belts on Death Triangle but I don't really like, oh the elite come back cool we'll just put the belts back on that oh god this thing with Punk oh Punk's gone oh, I don't really know what to do I, I feel that's what Tony ha- that's what happens with him he can't rebook on the fly like he's not very good at adapting he's not good at, I don't think he is good at adapting mm. for everything you can say about Vince McMahon he could adapt when things went bad for him. And it went bad for him all the time. And often <laughs> Mainly he, because of his own booking. <laughs> mainly because of his own booking. And often he would just book worse things. <laughs> but at least he adapted. At least he, at least he tried something. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, I don't know what to do. She's a, a living doll now. And she winks at people. And it makes Dewdrop lose matches. Oh. It's, it's bad. But at least it's something. Oh, at least God. I've tried to do something. I'd, r- I'd rather nothing. In the, in the- <laughs> In, in, the, in that example, I'd rather nothing. But there's times where it's like, you know, Heist of the Century or whatever, where you book yourself into a corner and go, actually, we're going to have this way out that no one's seen coming and it's going to be great. Um, and I think, like we said, I think TK is a bit too fixated on his ideas that he has in mind. And he's like, this other stuff has come up, which should dethrone my plans, but I'm not going to let it. We're just going to let that go away so we can focus on what I want to do. I want to make the firm happen. And it's like, but the other stuff has come up we should change your plans here and he's like nope the firm's happening the firm's guys my, yeah the firm they're getting no reactions but it's like yeah, yeah but i've got i want to do the firm the firm's mm-hmm. my big plan look at all these guys that are super duper over tk that could do with like proper main event pushes and aw world title shots ah but the firm you see yeah is kind w- of w morrissey's in my back pocket yeah which feels like that's the point we're at in tk and i don't know whether this because like we mentioned earlier the 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 crux is the genesis of mcgillicutty that 
people think is kind of like the downturn of AEW was the Ring of Honor purchase or Cody leaving or one of those two, right? That time frame. That least. time frame. That yeah. sort of time frame is is that that period of time. And I don't know whether because TK bought Ring of Honor and now had not just a lot more people, but a lot of more titles and things to worry about. The pre- presentation of Ring of Honor and how he was going to push all these guys and how he was going to make Ring of Honor feel important. I don't know whether he's just stretched too thin so that he can't spend, physically cannot spend time thinking about the other stories in AEW, which is why we get superficial segments like, we'll do a promo segment. What's promo segment for? I don't know, promote the match. You know, that that feels like to me, because he has so many things to think about now, and probably behind the scenes, he's still trying to get Ring of Honor TV deal. That's probably taking time. You know, like, I don't know whether he literally just has too much on his plate that he can't put in the same level of creative input into these stories that he had before, because he's just too busy now. He has too much stuff happening, and too many people and titles to try and promote, that he now is just like, we'll do stories, whatever, whereas before he could actually dedicate and be like this is the direction of the story we're gonna have this beat this story beat this story beat this story beat to get to this point and he just can't do that anymore pure speculation on my part i was gonna say i don't know whether it's just that or no i'm I'm just gonna wait till this period is done i can go back and do my thing that i wanted to do Mm, maybe i mean i hope it's that i hope it's just like okay we're through the the difficult time now we're just gonna get back to it and then it's good again and I, I hope that's well, I hope that's the case. Clearly, yeah. his big story he's got is the 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 contract war of twenty twenty four. Yeah, like the MJF thing. Like that Definitely. is clearly that I think that is his next big thing. And we get through full gear, and he can start to focus on doing that story, and that's going to be the thing that's going to carry us for the next 12, 14 months. Mm-hmm. And that's grand, and that's great. It just meant it just meant that like the last couple of months have been, yeah, they've been there. Is it a bad TV show? No. I've seen way worse TV shows. I've seen way worse wrestling products. I've I've watched. I was there when TNA was real bad, mm. and I still watch week to week, being like, "Oh man, this is awful. This is really really bad." I've never had that with AEW. I've never tuned into an episode of Dynamite and left being like, "Woof, that was awful television. That was really bad. This segment sucked. This segment sucked. That that makes sense. This and the other." I've done that with Raw. Done it with SmackDown. I've done it with Impact. I've done it with a bunch of stuff. Done it with Ring of Honor, but I've never had that with Dynamite. But what I have had is, and then should have been like. That yeah, was okay. That was fine. And in some ways, I think that can be worse. Because indifference is a worse emotion than anger or annoyance. To a degree, I think, yeah. I think that's right. Because there's still there's still good in the show. Still is. It's, it's not that everything is bland or uninteresting. Because there's still, at the very least, good wrestling. And there's guys that are over. There's people that are over, and people like the music, and people go like, hey, this person's here, that's fun, and you still get fun things, and you still have the odd moment of brilliance with with an MJF segment or whatever. There's still stuff to hang on to that's still good. It's just not the caliber of what we had last year, and maybe that's just us expecting greatness all the time, which we can't have. Can't have it all the time. But I don't know. I don't know. I kind of want to agree with something that you said because uh, there is a... I want to, but I won't. (laughs) (laughs) Because I forget where this quote comes from, but uh, they say that the opposite of love is not hatred, it's apathy. Mm -hmm. And it's where it's like, well, the opposite of loving this show so much like we have is not, oh, this show's terrible, rah. It's, uh, 
The show's fine. Yeah. It's just not not that interested, not super excited to watch it. And again, I don't necessarily think that that is a worse fate for it than being like Impact levels of bad, being WCW Thunder levels of bad, being Raw levels of bad from like a year ago. I don't think that that would be better than what we've got going here. I think that it's still the best wrestling show on TV every week. But again... I don't think it is also unreasonable from the standard that they have set to expect more out of this show. I think there's also the point, he made this earlier, about um, AEW fans had the, um, I'm trying to think what the wording you used there, it's not like the faith in the company, it's the um, goodwill. The goodwill, thank you very much. It was the goodwill that a lot of AEW fans had. So even when shows were, you know, not great or they were okay, it was just like, right, yeah, but, you know, last week's show was amazing, they're building to this thing over here, so I think we can, you know, certainly give them some form of credit at least we're going to mm-hmm. get to this and more often than not they were repaid for that goodwill Absolutely. but you're right like they i think they have chipped away at that goodwill and i think the problem with that is that over on the other side of of the wrestling war is that wwe has now got a new head haunt show and has made a product that people now have the goodwill for mm-hmm. because i mean i've got to be honest guys raw's not great it's better than what it has been. And that, I think, has made people be like, oh, Raw's an incredible show now. Like, Raw is the best show on a weekly show. And really, it's not. And I don't think SmackDown is either. And I don't think NXT is either. But we're on the goodwill portion. We're in the honeymoon period where he can do no wrong. If we put up a Raw podcast that has got a negative title, it's like, why do you hate this product? Why wouldn't you just let this be good? Why wouldn't you just say nice things about this show? There were loads of good things you could have said about this show because we're in the goodwill portion. Mm -hmm. And it's whether or not Triple H can keep hold of that goodwill and ride that for the next year, 18 months. And if Tony Khan can rebuild Mm -hmm. some of the goodwill that he has chipped away over the last... I can't say year because I think he still had it at full gear last year. And Absolutely. I think going into the new year and stuff, the Danielson and Adam Cole stuff, I think it really is up until revolution maybe, or I think it even lasts later than that. Cause I think there's, I think it's, it's kind of really starts with the TNT title program as far mm. as like what's actually playing out on TV. And then it was a fallout of certain things. And I don't think we started feeling that level of everything until about Double or Nothing. Yeah. Like when it was, oh, MJF's unhappy, there's something there. And then the Wardlow thing. And then Satnam Singh. Satnam Mm -hmm. Singh happened. And all of a sudden people weren't happy that like Britt Baker won the Owen Hart Cup. And there was just, it started to compound itself after that. But... I'd forbidden yeah, door. Forbidden Door having a lousy build, ending Forbidden Door with a run in promote blood and guts, and then blood and guts not being the end of things. And again, it just kind of goes on and on from there. But I think if they had like nailed double or nothing, and I don't know, I don't know this. This is speculation. I think this this whole train goes off the tracks with CM Punk breaking his foot. Yeah, in a way, because Punk's then just at home stewing. Yep, he's at home stewing. He was going to go on a run. He could have wrestled Tanahashi, and he would have been over the moon with that. Saving all of that animosity he had for All Out, for Mm -hmm. that post-media scrum. Like And and then that's that's really it, and the train falls completely off the tracks at that point. You're right. I think it just starts to dip, and then it's off completely with with Brawl Out. And that's a real... Because that also, I mean, we talked about this, comes around the same time as all the Malachi Black stuff, and then it's followed up by the Andrade stuff, and it's Mm -hmm. like, oh man, this is is not a great place at the moment. This Mm -hmm. is is a company that's losing its way. 
and then again, I talk about like, you know, the rise of WWE because Triple H has taken over. What was the thing we talked about a couple of weeks ago? They changed their plans because Sammy was getting massively over. So we've yeah. gone into a different direction, yeah. which is what Tony wasn't doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tony was sticking to his guns and doing this while Triple H is over here being like, well, we had this direction, but Sammy's massively over at the moment. So let's do more of that. And it's been the the best thing on SmackDown. Again, I argue the only good thing on SmackDown that isn't a Bray Wyatt promo. Yeah. Or a Gunther match. Or a Gunther match. That's actually three things that are quite good on SmackDown. Gunther, Bray Wyatt, and the Bloodline. Gunther doesn't have Which matches is, every week. Doesn't have matches every week, but Imperium is still great. Whenever they do stuff, I'm like, I'm into this. Yeah. Because you know, it's, it's Gunther adjacent. That is fair. You know? Do you know what? It's only because I, cause of, uh, Raw's got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> just take it out on SmackDown. I just, I just well. take it out on SmackDown as well because <laughs> I'm there just being like, why hasn't Raw got a good story at the moment? <laughs> It's the show I have to watch. <laughs> but yeah, like, but it's, so yeah, the point is that they, they changed that thing there so that we, as the fans, get more of the thing that mm -hmm. we like. And that is yeah. riding the wave of momentum. Sheamus has got, has been on this huge crest of momentum off the back of Clash at the Castle. And they've just ridden that to be like, and now let's make him a top guy and he's going to go for the belt against Roman. Brilliant. That's wonderful because that's rewarding fans for telling you what we like. Exactly. We are the authority. We, with, <laughs> finally, we are actually the authority now whereas i think with the aew we're like telling tony the things that we like and he's like now nah, here's the ass boys well the thing is it seemed like tony khan was very good at that not necessarily in terms of adapting his plans or whatever but fan service and yeah. just being like oh you guys wanted this so we'll do we'll get warhorse in sure you guys want that have a little match whatever that's fine i feel like that's why he hired danhausen yeah because danhausen's popular on twitter so i was like well i'll bring in danhausen yeah and danhausen got a great reaction for a few weeks and it was like Nah, I don't get it. So it's not on TV for me anymore. I think yeah. to a certain extent, he is still good at doing stuff like that because we'll get, again, like the Junior Akiyama match on Rampage this week. We just had Katsuyori Shibata wrestling on Rampage a couple weeks ago. So like he still is able to integrate things that will make the, the people who are just like scrolling through Twitter and like might watch the show, might not. They'll see a match graph and go like, Bandito's wrestling Chris Jericho. I got to watch that. Whatever the case may be, there's been plenty of examples of that. But they haven't exactly used a lot of that to further as many stories and everything and really benefit everything other than it just being a cool moment. That's it. That's exactly it. You know? What a moment. What, what a, a moment. moment. That was WWE's motto for so long. We don't need storylines because we've got moments. We've got moments. And that's what... Dynamite Rampage has been for like the last few months. It's just been a handful of moments like that. Oh you know, fan service. We had Shibata. Like we had Shibata wrestling on like American TV. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's rad. That's amazing. But it's just like it's also forgettable because like we're not really doing anything. There's no other things going on. So it's not like that's a nice little cherry on top of our lovely Sunday. They've just given us a cherry, mm. and I'm just like, did you like the cherry? It's like, like yeah, well, it was tasty. Yeah, it was a tasty cherry. It's real good, but. It's not a full dessert, is it? Not, it's not a Sunday, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm really going to ride this. Uh, Where's the Sunday this metaphor that I've started? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, let's let's round out some thoughts here. Because mm. for me, I am I'm still really excited for Full Gear because, in spite of the booking, I think it's a damn good card. I think that I'm really excited for Moxley uh, and MJF. 
I am really stoked for Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter because when Tony Storm came in, that was the match we were like, I don't know, we've had it a couple of times, but now we're getting on pay-per-views. Be like, brilliant. We're going to have Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter. Thumbs up for me. Yes, please. I think that the Acclaimed and Swerve and Our Glory are going to have an awesome match. I Can't wait for that. Cannot wait for it. I think Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy are going to murder each other in that cage. And I think it's going to be awesome. TNT three-way. TNT three-way. Mm. Absolutely. Exactly. I get to watch Kenny Omega wrestle this weekend. That's always a good time for me. I always love doing that. So I'm excited for it. The And Saray is stepping back in the ring. That's great. This is amazing. But then I, what I'm actually looking forward to is what happens next. Mm. What does our first post-full gear look like when Tony Khan has got his favorite toys back? Where he lent them to a friend and then his friend kind of lost them. And now his friends found them again and given him back. And he's like, cool, well, now I can do all those toy storylines I wanted to do previously. And it's then going to be what that looks like from then through Revolution to be like, can he get this train back on the tracks? That is what I'm so curious about. Because it has been missing something. And like you mentioned earlier, it's not just a one thing. It's a multitude of things. And I want, I'm hoping to see the post-full gear. We find all those things and we get them back on the show. Well, if history is anything to go by, normally post-pay-per-view, AEW shows in particular, are much more of like a hard reset than we do in some other, in like WWE, for example. A lot of the stories like continue through pay-per-views and stuff like that. So post-pay-per-view, it's not like, here's a hard reset, here's the next angle. Whereas in AEW, historically speaking, it is a, a lot more of like a reset. It's when like the pinnacle were formed and it's the firm. <laughs> I'm just going to get a new faction after Full Gear, I'm sure. <laughs> just keep that train running. Um, Swiss him and Regal. Yeah. I'm, I'm putting it into the ether. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably. Um, so I, I, I think it's not unreasonable to expect the first Dynamite after Full Gear to be a bit more of a reset, to be like, here's the directions, get excited. Uh, I'm very curious. I, I'm ex- I am excited for Full Gear. I don't think I'm as excited as I should be. When you list off the card, I'm like, objectively, that is a great card. But I'm not as excited for this card as I should be, based on the quality of matches that there's no doubt going to be. I should be like, I cannot wait for full gear. But I'm like, that should be really good. And that's it. I don't have that level of investment, despite some probably very good wrestling that's going to happen. I think this will be AEW's first sub-100,000 buy show. Ooh, that's a hell of a prediction. Yeah, I mean, wasn't the first full gear just below? Maybe, maybe I'm uh, imagining maybe, maybe, that. maybe first in a while. Then, yeah, because like every other show they've had since then has been like a hundred, hundred and twenty. I think it's entirely upwards. possible that this oh, oh, could I'll be uh, a poorly bought show, uh, to say the least. My my takeaway from all of this is again, I think Tony is going to have a number of his toys back, mm-hmm. and I think. Might not have all of them back because there's still some pieces that have yet to come together. Because we haven't even spoken about this bit that the elite being taken off TV totally derailed what they were doing with the elite and hangman page. Oh, yeah. And that storyline that was like one of the more emotional centerpieces of the entire show. So maybe if we can get hangman page back in the mix of things in the near future, fingers crossed, get well soon, hangman. That will be another thing that hopefully you can add to the mix storyline-wise that, at the very least, Tony Khan has proven that he can seem to book that storyline long-term with little teases and little furtherings of of plot and that sort of thing, that sort of thing that I've been missing from this program. I'm hoping that that's the case. 
I'm hoping that just more and more people being added back into the mix can possibly, we're going to get House of Black back soon. That should be at least fun. Hopefully they'll wrestle a little bit more. I'm trying to remain hopeful oh, yeah. because I want this show to be good. If they just have three straight weeks of great TV like it used to be, I'm like, well, they're back. I'm on board. Let's mm -hmm. go all the way to Revolution. It's going to be an amazing time. This whole thing is its saved. We're back to the way things used to be. I'm ready for that to be the case. They just need to make it the case. I want to be excited that they come into the UK. Yeah. I want to be excited they're going to be doing a show in London that I get to go to. Because at the moment, I'm excited that they're coming here, but I'm not like, oh, dude, I've got to get tickets first day of release. At the moment, I'm like, yeah, cool. I'll be, I'll be going to that when it comes out. But my first thought was, oh, we should probably do a watch party for that. Yeah. We'll probably end up doing a meetup for it because we'll yeah. go to the events. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Um, just to double, uh, you know, clarify my claim. Uh, so the last time that AEW had a pay per view that was under 100,000 buys was Full Gear 2020. So it's mm. pandemic yeah. was the last time AEW had a show that did under a hundred thousand buys. I guess Double or Nothing twenty twenty. Uh, sorry, Double or Nothing. Tw sorry, Revolution twenty twenty one was one hundred thirty five. Mm -hmm. Then Double or Nothing twenty twenty one one hundred fifteen. So yeah, yeah. so it'll be a long time since they have done under a hundred thousand buys. Two years, and I think this may be the show. Might be. I think Might punk, be. punk not being on there. I think it's gonna have a real effect. Mm -hmm. Could well be. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, but anyway, we are going to be doing live reactions to Full Gear this coming Saturday. It's me and Tempest. I'm fighting for that jam, that championship. So this is the last time you'll be watching a Content Club episode with that belt on his shoulder. Nuh-uh. It's fine. <laughs> Nuh-uh. And I'm, I, again, like, I feel like we, we people might thought we're down on this. I'm super stoked for Full Gear, and it's going to be a long show. I'm ready to strap myself in. I'm looking forward to it a whole heck of a lot. The Elite is wrestling Death Triangle. It's going to be amazing. Exactly. It's great. It's Omega and Pack. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be the Young Bucks and Lucha Bros. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. It's yeah. going to be great. Uh, and then we'll be doing a full review of that. It'll be Pete and Sat Iniangi reviewing the show on the Sunday, mm. which will be very, very fun. And then we'll be back with all the fallouts for that the following week. Till then, I have been Luke Cohen, D-A-D. That has been Chopper Pete Quinnell. That has been your Jam That Champion and Quizzlemania Champion Tempest. And that has been the Rest Talk Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Press the subscribe button and all that. Jam That Jam. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.